Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Last week, we did a podcast that was extremely close to my very heart, and I shared with you about five seer prophets. Bob Jones, John Paul Jackson, Kim Clement, John Sanford, and Paul Kane, who all went home to be with the Lord within a five-year period of time, three of them actually departing on the very same date, 2-22-14, 2-22-15, and then the boy prophet elderly seer Paul Kane on 2-22-19. I knew all five of these seer prophets, but I had a deep relationship with four of the five. In fact, with some of them, I literally spent not just scores, but hundreds of hours. Well, let me give us a scripture to begin this, which is the second podcast in the Seer Realm series. So if you missed that first one, you got to go back and listen to it because it's kind of heart-wrenching and full of great historical storyline. But let's go to a scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 9. Formerly in Israel... When a man went to inquire of God, he used to say, Come, let us go to the seer. For he who is called a prophet now was formerly called a seer. I remember years ago when I was really trying to biblically study this whole thing out, I had a dream where um, this prophetic statesman, Paul Cain, came to me in the dream, and he just looked at me and smiled gleam in his eyes and spoke to me now did paul kane speak to me it was a visual expression it was a voice that god was using so i don't believe it was an actual apparition appearance i believe it was a symbolic representation okay that's another subject would be really good to get into sometime wouldn't it so in a dream i saw uh, an, uh, an image of paul kane and in his voice i heard said the seer and the prophet are both deep streams of the prophetic in God's heart. There are just two different expressions of the same Lord Jesus Christ. So seers are prophets, 
but not all prophets are seers. We have the Naba, Nabi or Nabiet is the Hebrew word for the word prophet. And then there's two different Hebrew words that are translated for the word seer. So there are two different distinct ways that revelation is received from God, and then two different ways that same flow of revelation from the throne of God the Father through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit is delivered. So let's continue on, because last time I unfolded some of the storyline. And I have repeated a little bit of it for you. Remember, there's promise revealed. Then there's promise fulfilled. There's prophetic promises. And then there's prophetic hmm, manifestations. And there is in between, there's the until clause. And there's lots of reasons why it can be five seconds or a thousand years before a word gets fulfilled. I believe, in a summation from the other broadcast, that we are at a crossroads and a changing of the guard of crossing over, as it were, from one period of time into another. Now, what I'm trying to unpack for us, I want us to redemptively look at some of the promises that these five seer prophets carried in their uniqueness and distinction, because none of these five were alike. I knew them all. And and then what were the promises that they carried? Because we need to pick up those promises. Because remember, often, a prophet of God carries a word that is bigger than them. And it also is a word that requires lineage, heritage, and legacy. It requires in, see, in, in the Jewish Hebrew culture, it's an oral, it's a, it's, a, it's a culture of oral tradition. In other words, storytelling. They would sit down, like I'm doing right now, telling the stories, passing them on from generation to generation. In fact, I remember some vacations that we would have with our kids when they were little. Because I have stories about every one of my four kids, our four kids, births or dreams and angelic visitations before they're born. I remember one of the times in Colorado, we were on a vacation, and and I went around and started telling them about, and and here's Justin's story. Well, here's Grace Ann's. And I just remember, I was like, Tyler and Rachel, everybody said, I want to hear mine. I want to hear mine. No, it isn't always that way, because sometimes there's insecurities and competitions and all that stuff, because it's just called life. But I remember with great fondness, what? Carrying on an oral tradition of prophetic storytelling. It's powerful. So, I, James W. Gall, the unique vessel that God has created me to be, and in this time of my life, to be a bridge from the past, present, to the present, future. I am not alone. There are many others. But I know I have a stewardship to help bring forth some of those promises that some of you might not know, some of you do know, and some of us need to rehearse them again today. So that's where I'm headed. Bob Jones. 
Bob Jones, oh my gosh, I could talk to you for countless hours about this unusual parabolic prophet. He's the one who actually went to heaven, had a near-death experience. I think it was possibly 1979. Stood in line, two lines in heaven. And he stood in line. And Jesus asked each one of the people in the one line a question. Did you learn to love? And God sent Bob Jones back from heaven to earth because he saw what he had a love for souls he was a good baptist boy he had a love for souls and we pull on that anointing in jesus name so he was sent back because he had a love for souls and the lord commissioned him to help anoint leaders who would in their turn become fathers and grandfathers who would see a billion soul harvest especially of youth but he was asked this question did you learn to love bob graduated on valentine's day 214 2014 fascinating enough that was also the day of my late wife's birthday she indeed was a valentine from heaven sent to earth for a short while i've learned that it's not the length of years that matter it's the depth of your impact did you hear that that took me a while to get that one down it's not the length of years that matter it is the depth of your impact. Now, Bob Jones was known for many things. The two that I want to bring to us as promises and challenges is, did you learn to love? That testimony has scorched me. Because I'm someone who got it wrong at times. I'm someone who read 1 Corinthians 14, where it said, let love be your aim and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you might prophesy. And I got sometimes the cart ahead of the horse. But then I know in the last few years, the Lord's been gracious in my life to help me get the horse ahead of the cart where let love be your aim. You see, faith works through love. And the flow of the prophetic is the most impacting when it's not just a gift it's a token of the father heart of god of love and there it isn't just words that roll off it becomes words that penetrate and soak and saturate and then again many 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 promises from bob jones but one of them was the billion soul harvest there were three signs that bob jones was given about when this billion soul harvest would begin this story actually goes all the way back i think i'm not positive i think around 1983 somewhere over that time frame and in an interview setting with some leaders bob started talking about the billion soul harvest and he told about three things that had to be fulfilled and these first two will sound very hard and complex and they are the first was 
that he said that there would come a time where there would be a pill. This is 1983, folks. A pill would be perfected for an abortion. The leadership paused, turned to Bob, wasn't quite sure if he knew what he was talking about because such a drug did not exist at that time. He prophesied this a long time ahead, before that French pill that's popular in the U.S. and the world, to disrupt life, not just disrupt it, end life. And he said, there will be a sign, there will be a pill that will be perfected that will create abortion on demand. A second sign that he was told, see, the, Isaiah 60 says, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Then it says, and then a light will shine. And the glory of the Lord will be risen upon the people. And kings will come to the brightness of its shining. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 3. By the way, putting a little biblical context to a word. So the second thing that Bob also shared was, oh, that there would be a time that would go beyond same-sex attraction and it would become legal for same-sex marriage. That, by the way, was not supposed to be good news. And I'm not throwing stones at anybody, but that's not the order that God has intended. And so that was a second warning. The third was this, which was fascinating. In 19, early 80s, Bob Jones said this, as a sign that would happen before the billion soul harvest, especially of youth, would occur, that laborers in the rice fields of China would be watching 24-7, 365 worship and prayer on unplugged television sets on their wrist. He had not an idea what he was talking about, so he did not have a vocabulary to talk about a smartwatch. I'm wearing on my wrist today, on purpose, a watch that was thrown on the platform for me when the first time I told this story. And they, this man from Wall Street threw his smart watch to me as a token to say, this is now that. Because on this device, you can watch things. You can listen to things like a podcast. You can watch, you can listen, you have your photos, you got all kinds of things. And Bob Jones said, labors in Riceville, and where did he say? In China. Oh my goodness, that's talking about a harvest in China. That labors in the rice fields of China would watch 24 7 365 that didn't even hardly exist there were only two or three how ground the clock houses of prayer of that nature at that period of time now there's over 10 to twenty thousand in north america alone people and he said but in china in the rice fields the laborers will be watching 24 7 365 worship and prayer on unplugged television sets on their wrist. So guess what, guys? I believe that was a word given that has not yet been fulfilled. And now it is a word that is a time for it to be fulfilled. Well, that's some promise from Bob Jones. What about John Paul Jackson? John Paul Jackson was the movie star seer prophet for sure. I mean, if there was ever a man that looked like Moses or something like that, it was John Paul for sure. John Paul 
I love that man. He called forth for purity in the prophetic. He called forth for a new language of the prophetic. And he gave some very distinct warnings to help prepare for what the Lord showed him, the perfect storm. But what I want to highlight the most about John Paul is this, his hunger for equipping. Starting with Streams Ministries and then Hearing God 101, helping every believer that they can hear God for themselves. This is one of the areas where I'd say that I call him JP, then I had a lot in common and a lot of mutual esteem was our hunger and our thirst and our desire, not just for prophets, but for prophets to equip. Not so people would go run to the anointed one, but those prophets would help equip people to hear God, because that's what the true equipping prophets and seers are ultimately about. And so, JP, thank you for your lineage and your legacy. Kim Clement, oh my gosh, I remember I was in Jerusalem, I was on God TV a broadcast going around the world i started prophesying jerusalem will not be united and guess what some musical prophet who would sit at a baby grand piano and just like oh it'd be like heaven came down you know one of the major prophetic words he was given that jerusalem will not be a divided city we ended up declaring it in the same season I declaring it in Jerusalem. He, later in Jerusalem as well. He would prophesy creative inventions that would be released to the body of Christ to help release massive amount of finances for kingdom ventures to help. Because guess what? If there's going to be a billion soul harvest, that also takes money, folks. It does. And he prophesied invention after invention after creative, witty inventions in energy and this and that that would be stewarded to the body of Christ, to the Josephs who would release those finances for in time kingdom advancement. Come on. That's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm praying for. And he was also an artistic musical prophet. And so I go, yo, I like that. John Sanford, I knew him also very, very well. I referred to him as Uncle John. Uncle John, I think he probably had the greatest character that I know of, of any of the modern seer prophets of modern christendom he and his wife paula modeled partnership and ministry wrote the forerunner book elijah task i had prayed for 10 years for the school of the prophets to come forth from 1973 or two on and then the first book that was hand given to me was elijah task i carried it with my bible for Two years. <laughs> not I wasn't. I, oh, wait, a second, wait, a second, wait a second. I was not comparing Elijah Task book to the Bible. No, but it was the first book 
in modern church history, written on the prophetic, and it is still one of the greatest classics. But John Sanford pioneered for us the prophetic with the joining of inner healing, counseling, and deliverance. Not just about giving personal words, but helping bring wholeness to by revelatory gifts to people's lives. Don't you think we need an increase of that today with the level of dysfunction that exists in society? Well, about that of the controversial, amazing, sensitive, see your prophet Paul Cade. He was the one, I think it's around 1987, that he first started prophesying about a new breed that would come. His mother's name was Anna, and she was 44 years old, and she was pregnant with a son. She had multiple terminal illnesses, and Gabriel, an angel, came and appeared in her hospital room because she was supposed to die and spoke to Anna and said, you will live and not die. And the son that you are carrying in your womb, his name will be Paul, and he will preach the gospel like Paul of old. Well, Paul came forth, and he became a little boy preacher from our Pentecostal inheritance. His mother was a prophetess. His grandmother was a prophetess. The teaching was maybe not as uh, clear as today. So there might have been some fathering issues that were absent. But he was nonetheless sovereignly called and gifted. He called forth a new breed of Christianity. He called it a new breed of faceless and nameless generation. And he was told, if I remember correctly, that he himself would stand before the beginning of the nameless and the faceless generation, and that his mother, Anna, her passing would be a demarcation. Well, she did not pass till she was 104 years old. But she passed glory. And that was a sign that it was the beginning of the lack of competition in the prophetic and a new era of cooperation, where it is not about lifting up our name. It's about lifting up only the one name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as Bob Jones was given the vision of the billion-soul harvest, especially of youth, Paul Cain, I heard him time after time after time get in a zone and in a prophetic Pentecostal swirl, I could see that man change. And he would go from mundane to Superman, Clark Kent to Superman, and he would prophesy, Stadium Christianity. And the stadiums will be filled across the face of the earth. And there is miracles, signs and wonders, resurrection of the dead over here. There will be no news broadcast bringing bad news because there's only good news because the stadiums or the earth are filled because the stadiums of the earth are filled and over here there's a resurrection of the dead and the people are wondering who are these nameless and these faceless people 
They've not changed their raiment for three days. I have some of these prophecies memorized, folks. This is part of my inheritance. And guess what? It's part of yours, too. Whether it's a billion-soul harvest, did you learn to love? Whether it's purity in the prophetic or a perfect storm. Whether it's united Jerusalem and creative inventions. Whether it's a convergence of the prophetic and inner healing and deliverance. Or healing of the land and honoring of the First Nations. Or whether it's a new breed of faceless and nameless generation. And a time of stadium Christianity. And again, let me recite. That also in this five-year period of time, Dr. Billy Graham, who preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to more people than any person in all church history, plus ministered to more presidents and kings, probably, than any person who's ever been alive in church history. He also graduated at close to his 100th birthday. You cannot make these timelines up. And so I am trying to bring forward for you some of the precious promises, promises that we are to inherit, a last day's billion soul harvest, especially of youth. Did you learn to love? John Paul Jackson laboring for greater purity in the prophetic stream and a depth of accountability for the words spoken by the clay lips of these revelatory vessels. Kim Clement, the musical seer like King David in the Bible, calling forth inventions to release kingdom wealth and that Jerusalem would be a united city. John Sanford in his expertise in uniting the prophetic with counseling and inner healing so that there would be wholeness for mankind. And Paul Cain, the boy prophet who became the elderly seer. I had the honor of just speaking at his memorial. Let me close with a dream. Hold on. It was in the morning of 2-13-2019. I was in a dream. I was observing heaven. Heaven was celebrating. Concentric circles of grapevine Jewish dancing. This inner circle, and then the next circle would go the opposite direction. The next circle after that would be dancing in the next direction. And then just, there were scores, hundreds, probably tens of thousands or more. All of heaven seemed to be celebrating. I saw in the inner circle my two grandmothers. I'd never seen my two grandmothers in heaven before. I knew that they had made it. Vera, Rachel, Gall, and Hattie Eve Burns. Eve, because she was born on Christmas Eve, of course. And they were in a circle dancing. By the way, Paul Cain's father was Jewish. I think that's why there was Jewish grapevine dancing. And Paul Cain's father came to faith at a certain point in time in Jesus in Yeshua. So, that's just a little insert, okay? And then I saw my two grandmothers, and then I saw Anna Cain. I go, oh, there's Paul Cain's mother. And then in the next circle, I saw my late wife, Michael Ann. She was holding hands with one of the greatest, fieriest prophetesses of modern church history, Jill Austin. And then another one of my friends, David Dryling, who was a genius, messianic Jewish prophet. 
one of my best friends. And I was there, too, <laughs> dancing with everybody and then concentric circle after concentric circle, dancing and celebrating. And then I asked a question in the dream, and I said, why is heaven celebrating? And a word came to me in the dream and said, oh, heaven is celebrating the reception of a king. I wake up out of the dream. I go immediately into a vision. I see the dancing of heaven all over again. Then I see two gold chairs on one side, two gold chairs on the other. I see Bob Jones on one side and sitting next to John Paul Jackson. I saw Oral Roberts and Kenneth Hagin, perhaps representations of two different eras and periods of time of latter rain healing deliverance movement and then the modern prophetic movement, etc. And they were all just sitting in their chairs and they were nodding their head in agreement about the celebration that was taking place in heaven amazing and then i come out of that experience i turned to my phone and i had a text on the morning of 213 2019 and said from a friend in santa maria california where paul kane lived said our friend the lord's servant just slipped beyond the veil then I knew, I knew that those experiences I just had were heaven's perspective. Oh, why is heaven celebrating? Oh, heaven is celebrating the reception of a king. Now, my purpose with you today is continuing to tell a storyline. I think it's part of my task right now is to be a bridge from the past to the present to the future. I hope this is meaningful to you. I don't mean to conjure up any realm of hero worship. I'm not into that. It's about Jesus, folks. It's about Jesus. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to lift up him. I love to tell the story, yes, of Jesus and his love. Okay, well, let's pray into these prophetic promises, and then let's call them forth from us receiving them on one side of the Jordan to carry them over and see them fulfilled. Father, we thank you for the prophetic promises of these generals. We thank you for the mantle that was upon Billy Graham of millions of people who came to the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the promise of a billion soul harvest. We thank you for the promise of a purity in the prophetic. We thank you for the warfare mantle that was upon Kim Clement. We thank you for the inner healing deliverance convergence grace upon John and Paula Sanford. And we thank you for the vision of stadium Christianity. And we declare these promises are true, and we say yes and amen to them. Amen. Amen. This is James Gall with God Encounters Today. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.